One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about the great generational wealth transfer and how you can take advantage of it. everybody and welcome to the personal finance podcast i'm your host andrew founder of mastermoney.co and today on the personal finance podcast we are going to be talking about the massive generational transfer that has just started if you guys have any questions hit me up on instagram or tiktok at mastermoneyco and follow us on spotify apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want your question answered as fast as possible, the fastest way to do that is to get on the Master Money newsletter where we send you content once every single week, original content that you can read. And in addition, you can reply to that email and send me an email directly. So on the Master Money newsletter, you can go ahead and do that. Some of the questions we may even read on the podcast. And so this is something that you can absolutely do on the Master Money newsletter. In addition, if you're on the Master Money newsletter, we want to be able to help you out. So you're going to get discount codes to Index Fund Pro when it releases and a bunch of other stuff as well. And don't forget to leave, again, that five-star rating and review because it helps the show so much grow so we can teach other people how to build wealth. And in addition, we're going to be running contests when coaching launches and things like that. 
so that you can go out there and you'll be able to get free coaching sessions that we're going to be offering and all this other good stuff that we're getting away. So I'm so excited for you guys. I'm so excited to jump into this, some of this stuff when the website releases at the end of the month. It's been a long journey, but we're finally getting it ready. And I am very particular about certain things on the website. So that is exactly why it is taking a little bit longer. So today we are talking about one of the most important things that you need to understand when it comes to your wealth building. And it's the generational wealth transfer that's actually happening right now. Now, if you've never heard of the generational wealth transfer, this is something you absolutely need to be paying attention to because the great wealth transfer has already started. And this is something where I'm seeing a lot more people talking about it. And maybe they don't have all the data that we're going to be talking about today because today we're going to be using a lot of data. We're going to be using a lot of statistics out there because this is a statistic driven event that is happening right now. And it's something that you definitely want to make sure that you understand. So if you're unfamiliar with what the great wealth transfer is, here is the lowdown. So baby boomers are the wealthiest generation of our time. They are the wealthiest people actually in the world. It's the wealthiest generation in the world right now. They actually have one third of the wealth in the US right now. So this is a massive wealth transfer that's happening. And what is happening is the baby boomers are born from 1946 to 1964, which means they are of the age of 58 to 76 at the time that I'm recording this. And in fact, this generation, the baby boomer generation is actually 10 times wealthier than the millennial generation. Now we'll get into why that is. A lot of you probably know why that is, but they are 10 times more wealthy than the millennial generation. This is absolutely astounding, especially because there are more millennials than there are baby boomers. Now, obviously they've had more time for their money to compound. They've had more time to do other things, but at the same time, they have wealth that is absolutely amazing. So Understanding this and understanding how much wealth is going to be transferred within the next 20 years is something that you absolutely want to know. Now, one interesting thing to note, and we'll talk about this, is if you look at historic data, baby boomers actually have more wealth than the millennial generation did at the same age right now. Now, a number of factors come into play that we'll talk about later. Obviously, student loans, the debt crisis, the housing crisis, there's a bunch of things that are going on where things are much more expensive now, obviously, than they used to be. But this is something to note, is that the baby boomer generation does have more wealth than the millennial generation does right now. And over the next 20 years, it is estimated that in 2042, $70 trillion plus will be transferred from older generations to the millennial generation. So the millennial generation, if you don't know what a millennial is, it's defined as people born from 1981 to 1996. And we have a large number of millennial investors who listen to this podcast. I personally am a millennial. So this is something where it's going to impact a lot of people. In addition, there's a large portion of Gen Z this will impact as well. Because with this wealth transfer, it is something you definitely want to understand. Now, if you are a baby boomer or if you are a different generation that's going to be handing down this wealth, we also are going to be having episodes coming up that are going to teach you exactly the best way and most tax efficient way to hand down this wealth down. If you haven't heard our episode, we're talking about a will and we are talking about how to set up a will. That is the first step that you need to be looking at. And if if you have over a million dollars net worth or more, then you want to be looking at setting up trusts or things like that. And a large portion of what's going to be handed down are things like cash, things like stocks. Maybe it's index funds and ETFs. Maybe it's things like dividend stock portfolios, but large portfolios of stocks are going to be there. And we'll talk about how much baby boomers hold in stocks, but they hold the majority of stocks right now. In addition, bonds, a lot of baby boomers hold bonds because in the 80s and 90s, bonds were a better investment than they have been the last 25 years. 
They hold real estate and they hold a majority of real estate. So real estate is going to be handed down as well. In addition, collectibles, things that have value that they've held for a very long time and businesses. There's a lot of businesses, small businesses, which run the U.S. right now. And a lot of small businesses are owned by baby boomers. So this is wild. This is a lot of things that are going to be happening within the next 20 years. A lot of money is going to be changing hands. So today, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you how to take advantage of this massive generational wealth transfer. In addition, if you are not going to get money handed down to you, and the average person's actually not going to get that much handed down to you, the really wealthy people skew this data a lot, where the average person is probably getting somewhere between $10,000 to $75,000 handed down to them. But in addition, the really wealthy people out there, what you'll see if that data is not skewed, they're going to be getting a lot of wealth. And not understanding how to utilize that wealth can absolutely destroy your financial life. So I'm also going to talk about in this episode how you can take advantage of this if you're not getting anything handed down to you. Maybe you're not in a place of privilege, and that's what it is. It's a privilege when you get money handed down to you, but maybe you're not in a place of privilege and you are not getting money handed down to you. I'm gonna show you how to take advantage of this because there's a lot of things that are gonna be exchanging hands where you can be taking advantage of opportunities so that you can build wealth over time. So if that's something you're interested, let's get into it. All right, so the first question we have to be asking is, who has all this wealth and who are they giving it to? So we addressed that shortly beforehand, but I wanna give you some statistics here because 21.9% of all people living in the US are millennials. Over 20% of people who live in the US are millennials, and they only control 4.6% of the nation's wealth. This is a problem that I'm trying to solve. I wanna teach every single person in this world how they can build wealth. That's part of the mission of this podcast because I truly believe that you can. Small amounts of money can grow to very large amounts of money over time. So this is something we definitely wanna be a big part of. But in addition, when baby boomers were at the same age, they controlled 21.4% of the nation's wealth. This is a massive difference. And obviously, there is a ton of reasons for this. Today, baby boomers control 53% of the nation's wealth. And here it is broken down. We're going to go through each thing. And this is right off the Federal Reserve's website. So if you want to go find this information, it's on the Federal Reserve's website. We'll link it up down below as well. But this is something you definitely want to understand. So let's get into real estate first. Millennials own 12.5% of real estate. Baby boomers own 43.2% of real estate. There's a ton of reasons why for this. And a lot of us know what's been happening as of late. At the time of recording this, real estate is still at a very high price point. And so it is not affordable for a lot of millennials to be able to go out and buy properties. This is something that over time potentially could change. It may not change. We're not here to predict the future. What we're here to do is figure out what can you do about it? What can you do to acquire a property if you want to buy a house? Now, if you haven't heard our episode where we talk about buy versus rent, a house really isn't that great of an asset. Now, there's other reasons to buy a house outside of it being a good financial decision because it's really not a good financial decision. But there are other reasons. Maybe you want to put roots down with your family. You have pride of ownership. You just want to own a house. If it's something you want, guess what? Money is there to bring you value. It's there to do the things that you want it to do. So if you want a house, no problem. I've owned my house ever since I was the age of 25. So this is something where you definitely want to make sure that you understand that you don't have to own a house, but at the same time, if you want to own a house because you want to put roots down somewhere, then that's something you absolutely want to do. But baby boomers own 43.2% of real estate. There's an opportunity there that we'll talk about later. The next one, this is a major one, and this is crazy to me, is stocks. So millennials own 2.5% of the U.S. stocks. Baby boomers own 54.6% of the U.S. stock market. 
This is absolutely astounding. And you can think of things like, for example, Mark Zuckerberg is a millennial. Mark Zuckerberg owns a crazy amount of investment in Facebook and Meta, which is a major portion of the stock market. So that data could even be skewed even higher than what it needs to be. But understanding this, Stocks are a fantastic way to build wealth. We've talked about that on a number of times on this podcast, how amazing stocks are at building wealth. So owning stocks, especially index funds, ETFs, passive investments are what we like here. We also like dividend stocks as well here, where you can have dividend aristocrats that grow over time. These are amazing investments over time that help you build wealth. And the fact that only 2.5% of millennials actually own stocks is something that really is alarming that we want to help change here at the Personal Finance Podcast and master money. Now, this does not include 401ks. So they included 401ks and pensions, which a pension and a 401k are two complete opposite things. I don't know why the Fed is doing that. They should know better because these are two completely opposite things. So pensions fall into where the 401ks are actually going to lie, which I think a lot more millennials probably have 401ks than they do just holding standard stocks out there. But pensions, millennials have 8.8% of the U.S. pensions, and boomers have 49.8% of U.S. pensions. So a pension is something where you work for a company for a certain period of time, you become vested in that, and then they compensate you based on how long you've worked there. So a lot of times you can think of old blue-collar jobs where you would work for a union, for example, and at a union, you would get a pension. So say, for example, you worked 30 years at a painter's union, and if you worked at that painter's union for 30 years, then when you retire, they promise to pay you two, three, dollars $4,000. The thing about pensions is they can change it at any time. Now, there are still companies out there that offer pensions. I, last I heard, Johnson & Johnson was one of those companies that still offers a pension, but these are very rare now. And so they put 401ks in there, which are very different things. A 401k is a retirement account that is tax deferred. So these are two very different things. But I think lumped in, probably my guess is a large portion of the millennial 8.8% there is probably within 401ks. Business ownership. Now, a lot of people you'll see on TikTok are saying they're grinding or building out businesses or this is what they want to do. They're an entrepreneur that are millennials. Guess what? They own a very small portion of the nation's businesses. And small businesses, if you actually look at the numbers run the world, we're going to get into some of those numbers later on in this podcast episode. But within business ownership, millennials own 8.3% of the businesses in the US. And baby boomers own 46.4%. I smell another opportunity there that we're going to be talking about. So This is massive gap. Now, not everybody's made up to own a business. You don't have to own a business to build wealth. A business will help accelerate your path to wealth, but business ownership is hard. And so this is something you absolutely do not have to own to be able to build wealth. But just thinking through, there's a major gap there. How can I take advantage of this opportunity if businesses are going to be handed down to people who may not want the business or do not want to run the business? We're going to talk about that here shortly as well. Well, now let's talk about debt because these are the assets that millennials and baby boomers own. But let's talk about debt because if you have a lot of debt, obviously your net worth is going to be much lower than it would be if you just had the asset. So the first one, let's talk about real estate debt. So within real estate debt, actually the largest generation that owns the most real estate debt is Generation X. And they own 41% of the US real estate debt. Now this makes a lot of sense because this is folks who are between the baby boomer generation and the millennial generation. So these are folks who are, you know, at the peak of their careers or heading towards retirement. So they own the most real estate debt. Millennials and boomers actually only own 27.1% of that debt. Then consumer durable goods. So this is something like cars, appliances, furniture, 
So this is how much of this is owned. So millennials, 18.6%. Boomers, 36%. So this is actually fully owned ownership of these consumer durable goods. Now, consumer credit. This is the stuff on credit. So auto loans on credit. Student loans, credit card debt. You can already think when the word student loan comes in there, you know millennials are not going to be doing well in this category. And so we own 40.5% of consumer credit. So anything that's financed from auto loans to student loans to credit card debt. And boomers have 23.2%. So this is something where, again, millennials are losing in this category as well. We have much more debt. A lot of it is because of student loan debt, which causes a lot of millennials to go out and have to do a lot of other things. But to put it simply, boomers have a lot more wealth and owe a lot less, but they've had time to compound. That's the major difference here is that we know compound interest over time accelerates as time goes on. I've talked about Warren Buffett a number of times and how his wealth has grown, but it's something like 99% of his wealth, which he's worth well over $100 billion, 99% of his wealth came after the age of 57. This is something that's astounding because he had so much time to compound. He's in his 90s now. And then another major factor is millennials have also faced the worst financial crisis. The older millennials had to deal with the worst financial crisis that we've had since the Great Depression. They've had overpriced colleges. Colleges has gone up 1,200%. They've had overpriced housing that we've had to deal with. Because of that financial crisis, there's been less houses produced. And in addition, hedge funds are scooping up all the other available houses. There's another issue there. And oh yeah, there's also been a pandemic. So between all of these things, it's understandable why this generation is behind. We're working on fixing it. We will recover. And I do believe that by the end of this generation, when we get to the age where boomers are now, I think the millennial generation could be much more wealthy than that generation once we get this debt down. Why? I think there's more opportunity now. I think there's a ton of opportunity that's going to be available going forward because we have the internet. You create businesses off of the internet. There's a lot more things that are happening. So I believe millennials will catch up. Watch. Now, by 2030, one of the big reasons why this will happen is because by 2030, millennials are on pace to increase their net worth by 5x because of this wealth transfer. Five times increased net worth because of this wealth transfer. So, for example, the average millennial, if they had $100,000, by 2030, it is averaging out that they would have $500,000 because of this wealth transfer. This is why having this financial education is so important right now. Because guess what? 2030 is not that far away and time flies when you're having fun. So making sure that you know how to handle big chunks of money is going to be something that's incredibly important. Now we have episodes, if you have a big chunk of money coming to you, like should you invest the entire amount or should you dollar cost average over a certain period of time? We've talked about that before. We have episodes like that. And the reason why we're creating these episodes is for you to be able to understand how to handle large lump sums of money. But like we said, if you're not going to get a large lump sum of money, I got your back. Don't you worry. And why it's so important to have this financial education is, and I've talked about these stats in the past, but 70% of families that inherit wealth lose it by the second generation. This is an astounding stat that if you just prioritize a financial education, this will not happen. Why? Because then you can teach your kids and your future family exactly how to handle money. Because once you know how to handle money, then you could teach your family how to handle money. In addition, 90% lose it by the third generation. The Rockefeller family is one of the most wealthy families of all time. In fact, at the time he was alive, I think he was the wealthiest person alive. And they have preserved their wealth over time through generations. And guess what they attributed to? Mr. Rockefeller, the original, John D. Rockefeller, made his children keep a budget when they got their allowance. And if they could not tell him where their money went the next month, 
then they did not get their allowance that month. And all he was doing was passing down a financial education of understanding where your money's going. And you don't have to have a line by line item budget, but you do have to understand where your dollars are going every month and have a way to track that. And here's the other amazing stat. And for you, if you're not getting that money handed down to you, you're not in a place of privilege where you're gonna get a large lump sum at some point in time, 79% of millionaires are self made. So this is another reason why a lot of people lose it by the second and third generation. But in addition, it's another reason that gives you hope if you're not going to get this generational wealth transfer up front. 79% of millionaires are self-made. They made it themselves. They understand how hard it is to make money in this world. And so they figured out how to make it themselves and they preserved that wealth for themselves. They became frugal. They saved more money. They invested it in their businesses. They invested it in the market. They invested it in real estate, there's so many different things that you can do, but they made it themselves. So now let's jump into two ways to prepare yourself now for the great wealth transfer. All right. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. And if you need to hire, you need indeed because indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent indeed survey and listeners this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at chime.com slash PFP. That's chime.com slash PFP.
Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. So how do we prepare ourselves for the great wealth transfer now? Well, number one, the first thing you have to do is you have to talk about money with your family. You have to have family financial conversations because they are crucial now more than ever. You need to talk about money, period. The old taboo way is to not talk about money. And you may have family members or you may have parents or people in your life who do not want to talk about money. But understand this, the less you talk about money, the less transparent you can be about money, the less we can all build wealth out together. Money needs to be talked about. And it's something that is absolutely should not be taboo. And it's very weird that it's taboo. And it seems like somebody was trying to suppress it. But it is BS if someone says it's taboo to talk about money. You need to have these conversations now. The less we talk about money, the worse we get with money because all of a sudden what's going to happen is these conversations are going to help you figure out what you need to do next and what the best thing is to do next. So making sure that you're talking about money with people in your family and how you're handling, how they're handling it, what their plans are, all of those different things are incredibly important. Now, this needs to be out of love. This needs to come from a place of love. A lot of people have financial frictions when they talk about money with family members. This should not be that way. If somebody has built wealth for themselves, it is their decision what's going to happen. This needs to come out of love, but the conversations need to be had so that you can understand how you need to handle your future financial situation. Number two, you need to understand the investment opportunities that are coming up. Now, we've talked about the fact that millennials are less likely to invest than baby boomers are. This is a problem. This is something we are working on fixing. Financial education will help you fix that because if you see how wealth is built and you can see how money is invested. For example, if you invest in something like the S&P 500, which has historically gotten over a 10% rate of return. Now, I don't wanna hear what the returns are this year because that's only a short-term investor thought process. You wanna think long-term because if you pull out a chart right now and look at the S&P 500 over its entire higher history, which direction does that chart go? It only goes in one direction and it goes up. So thinking about short-term problems is something that no long-term investor should ever be doing. And if you're thinking about those short-term problems, you need to change your mindset and listen to some of our episodes where we talk about how to change that mindset because a long-term investing mindset is how wealth is built. There is no get-rich-quick scheme out there. There is no get-rich-quick way to invest your dollars. It doesn't exist. There's faster ways to get there by building businesses, by investing in real estate, but there's no fast, get rich quick way to invest in the stock market or to invest in real estate or to build wealth. True wealth is built over time. 
Understanding that now is going to absolutely change your life. I have people on TikTok all the time in the younger generation saying to me, 30 years is way too long to invest your money and be able to build wealth. If I say something like $500 a month, in 30 years, you'll be able to be a millionaire. And they say, that's way too long. I say, okay, we'll invest $1,500 a month. They said, that's way too much money. So what that means is there's nothing that you can do in between there. There's no way to get rich quick and you have to either invest more money or you have to be able to invest that money over time. But guess what? Small amounts of money over time can grow to very large amounts of money. And that's the amazing thing about investing. So one thing I want you to note with this financial awareness is investing opportunities are incredibly powerful. But in addition, if you're gonna get a large lump sum of money, Here's a rule that will absolutely change your life once you understand it. Do not treat something like a million dollars as a million dollars. What you want to treat that money as is that the amount of money that you can actually draw down every year. And there's something called a 4% rule. And what the 4% rule is, it was a study done, but this is the amount of money that you can draw down from a portfolio and be able to preserve your wealth throughout your life. Now, some people say it's a little aggressive. Some people say it's too conservative, but 4% is right in the middle. Now, if you're under the age of 30, I would go maybe to three and a half percent, but the 4% rule means every million dollars that you have, you can draw down 4% or $40,000. So if you get a million bucks, then you can draw down $40,000 a year. That's how you should look at it. It's $40,000 a year or you can let it compound over time if you're young, continue working and it will grow very quickly because it's a million dollars, you've got past that first 100K, that half million dollar point, and at a million dollars, it's really gonna compound and then you can see where it lands. And at the time you're ready to retire, if it's $2 million, you can draw down 80. If it's $3 million, you can draw down 120. So there's so many different things that you can look at here and ensure you understand it's 4% rule because a million dollars is not something where you can draw down $100,000 a year, you will run out of money. So you need to make sure that you understand how this 4% rule works. Now, let's talk about the opportunities available, even if your parents aren't rich. All right, so let's get into the opportunities that are available with this great wealth transfer, even if your parents aren't rich or you're not in a privileged place to be able to have money handed down to you. The first one, and this is one that you really wanna be studying if you're interested in this, is real estate. Obviously, the majority of the real estate owned in this country that we just talked about is owned by baby boomers. That means a lot of real estate is going to be handed down to a younger generation, depending on how old that generation is. A lot of people have no idea what real estate is worth, and a lot of people have no idea how to handle real estate, particularly when it comes to investment properties. Now, a lot of houses will be handled down, and people are going to either keep the houses or they'll figure out what to do with them. And there may be opportunity there, but the real opportunity is investment property. So a lot of baby boomers own things like commercial buildings where they have buildings that they are gonna be handing down. And a lot of people don't wanna handle commercial buildings because you have to deal with tenants and all these other things. They own apartment buildings. They own small duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes. Maybe they tried their hand into real estate. They have a couple of different properties. And a lot of times, if they do not teach the younger generation how to handle this, then this is something where you could come in, help people, be able to help these folks who do not wanna deal with this financial burden of having this property and be able to take over the property property over time and be able to invest in real estate and get properties at a great value as well. So this is a win-win situation for everybody. And it's something that you definitely want to look into. And this is how you can find really good properties. 
One way to find these properties coming up is you can do some research on this as well is probate lists. And when we do some of our new real estate episodes coming out, we're gonna talk about ways to find properties. But probate lists are lists where someone has passed away and their assets and their real estate is going through probate. I mean, it's going through probate so that when it's willed down to the right person, it's going to go to those people. A lot of people just want somebody to take it off their hands because they don't wanna own a 15 unit apartment building if they have no idea how to manage it. And if they have no idea how to actually operate that property. So this is a spot where you could be the person who helps them with the knowledge, with the expertise, and you can walk in there and you can say, hey, I would love to take this property off your hands. What kind of deal can we put together? And you guys work together to find the perfect deal that works for this. So real estate is a great option if you're looking to invest in real estate because you can help them understand what it's worth by looking at market values. You can help them understand how you can take this over and manage it for them. You can look at all these other different opportunities as well, like acquiring the property and be able to put it in your portfolio to build wealth over time. And also, if you're gonna inherit real estate, one thing you wanna do is you need to understand four things. It is in your financial best interest to understand these things because this is hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars that you were trying to figure out how to manage. And you do not wanna lose a million dollars because you had no idea how this works. So the four things you wanna understand are, you have to first know that this is your responsibility to understand how this property works it is in your financial best interest. Number two, you want to get help to know what it's worth. Ask for help. Anytime you don't know what's going on, you need to ask for help. You can get an appraiser in there. You can get a real estate agent to get a couple of ideas of what they think it's worth in the market as well. Understand what this property is worth. Look on Zillow, get comps out there, figure out what the property is worth. It is in your best interest to find out what the highest value of this property is. And if you want to sell it, it may be worth it to invest a little money and a little time to bring the value up. Say, for example, you inherited something from your uncle and your uncle didn't take great care of the property. Well, if you maybe renovate a couple of things, you could bring the value up threefold of what your investment is. So looking at that and figuring out what you can do by talking to contractors, by talking to those real estate agents when they're doing those comps, what can bring this value up that it's worth the investment? And then fourth of all, can you rent it out or cash flow? Can you figure out, hey, maybe I wanna start investing in rentals or maybe I just wanna have a couple properties to supplement my income in retirement so that I have that extra safety net. This is a fantastic thing to do as well. Figure out what the rents are worth and how this works. And the best way to do that is learning how to run your numbers on a rental property. We have an episode talking about exactly how to run the numbers on a rental property. So I would definitely advise that you listen to that episode. We'll link it up down below. But in addition, I wanna make sure that you understand how to do that. There's some bunch of great videos out there as well on YouTube. So looking to see how can I run the numbers on a rental property. And then if you're buying a property, if you're looking to buy properties, to take advantage of this. Looking on those probate lists is number one that we just talked about. Number two, you can help struggling landlords. So I have done this a number of times where there are landlords out there who just cannot manage properties. Maybe they're new landlords and they are getting take advantage of by tenants who are just living there for years and years without paying rent or they're destroying the property and they don't know what to do. You can help struggling landlords with your expertise and being able to take over the property and you can say, hey, I'll buy this from you. I'll take over the property and be able to help you with these tenants as well. So I take this problem and stress off of your hands and now it is my problem to buy it from you. So a lot of times you can find properties undervalued by doing that. Then you also might be able to find properties off market because if you go to those probate lists, you contact some of those sellers or the people who are inheriting those properties. Maybe you can find properties off market, which means you don't pay as many fees to agents or other transaction fees or things like that. So finding properties off market is a much cheaper way to be able to buy real estate. And then lastly, buying off the MLS at fair prices. There's gonna be a larger influx of inventory 
Because in the last five, six years, there's been an inventory problem, but also baby boomers are not selling houses. You can look at the data and they are not willing to sell their house because where are they going to go is what a lot of them will say. If you talk to a, someone who are, is in the, an older generation, you'll ask them, hey, why aren't you selling your house? And they say, where am I going to go? I can't buy another house at a fair price, so I'm just keeping the house that I've been building up equity in over time. So if you look at the numbers, a lot of baby boomers are not selling their houses either. So there is going to be a larger inventory out there, which has been the largest problem overall since we started this whole housing crisis. So those are some things to consider on the real estate side. Now, I think there is an even bigger opportunity that we need to be talking about, and that is businesses. So there is a massive opportunity with businesses. And Cody Sanchez, who was on this podcast, who talked about how to buy boring businesses, and we'll talk about that in a second, did a thread on Twitter. And this thread is absolutely amazing. I think it nails down exactly what's going to happen. And so we'll link up that thread down below. And I'm going to kind of talk through some of this and summarize this because I think this is the biggest opportunity of all. I love businesses and small businesses because the investment of a business is something that is incredibly interesting. One of which is you think about this. There is no such piece of real estate that I can buy where I can go out and buy that real estate. And in year two, it doubles. But businesses, because of the revenue coming in, you can double that revenue in one year two years, three years, and you can 10x that revenue over the course of just a few years. There's no property where I can get 10x returns on rent within a very short period of time. That's why I like businesses because you can really accelerate your path to wealth by buying businesses. Particularly what we're talking about here though is small businesses because baby boomers almost hold up to 50% of privately held businesses. And what that means is they own about $5.1 trillion in small businesses. And the thing about baby boomers is a lot of them, if they own small businesses, like I'm talking about plumbing companies, I'm talking about electric companies, I'm talking about companies that have been around for a very long time, maybe pool cleaning companies, cleaning companies. There's all different types of boring businesses that are out there. And there's a huge plethora of them. We've talked about a lot of them on here in the episode with Cody that we had, but a lot of people don't realize they can sell their business. And a lot of people who have been doing it for a very long time, they do it the old school way. They don't understand they could sell their business. You can come in and give them a large lump sum. They don't even know that they could get. So this is something which is a major opportunity. But if you break this down on a daily basis, of how many baby boomers are starting to retire, and you look at the retirement numbers, that means that 10,000 boomers retire every single day. And if eight to 10% of boomers own those small businesses, that means 2.4 million boring or small businesses will be for sale. This is something where there are a ton of new websites every single day that are popping up trying to connect baby boomers to the younger generation of who wants to buy businesses. There's a bunch of them out there. We'll link up a couple of them down in the show notes below. But the real thing is small businesses, a large portion of the economy is small business. It actually accounts for 44% of the U.S. economic activity. So you need to ask yourself a bunch of questions here. And Cody talks about this in the thread as well. But what happens if these businesses start shutting down? What can you do to prevent that happening? And how can you acquire these businesses? And what happens if you could be the solution to take them over? Now, one thing that you can do is you can set up funds or things like that where you invest in some of these small businesses and you can find operators to run those small businesses so that you can just manage trying to find more small businesses. That is one model. Or you can find a small business that you want to really grow and you want to put your sweat equity in, you want to be in there day to day, and you can go acquire that business. You could take it over that way. But what we're seeing is, like I talked about, millennials don't own a very large portion of businesses. It is declining every single day. And so there's going to be an opportunity that if you want to own one of these small businesses, if you want to take advantage of this, you can go out there and buy these small businesses with less competition than a lot of other people. In addition, a lot of people who are in the younger generation, they want to be in tech. 
They want to have cool businesses. They want to have businesses that are really interesting, maybe marketing, all those different types of things. Boring businesses are something that is not on their radar. So it's less on their radar, and there are way more boring businesses than there are exciting businesses out there. Let's get real. The world runs on boring businesses. So this is something where you really want to consider this and think through all of this stuff. Now, I've heard Cody talk about this in this podcast as well, but the best boring businesses are the ones where they're still be running by like a fax or a traditional phone. They don't even have a website, but they have fantastic reviews on Yelp. Those are some situations where these are all amazing signs. So there's a couple things to look out for. The first one is like minimum innovation. So you can think about the local business in your area that has raving reviews, but still uses a fax machine who doesn't even have a social media account or a website is from the 1980s. This is a great sign because it's something where you can acquire this. And the reason why it's a good sign is you can acquire this business once they're ready to sell. And then you can add all of these things in and be able to grow the revenue significantly. So say you buy a business at 2X earnings. So say you buy a $100,000 business at 2X earnings, meaning you buy a $100,000 a year business for $200,000. Then what you can do is implement some of these growth strategies and be able to grow that business significantly over time where maybe you're three or four, all of a sudden you're at six, seven, $800,000 revenue or even million dollar revenue just because you made tweaks and were able to find more customers based on using the internet. The internet's a very powerful tool, and it's a very cool tool that you can utilize to find more customers, especially in some of these boring businesses. Another great sign is that there are long-standing businesses. Buying new businesses really doesn't help. You want a long-standing business that a lot of customers have known for a long time, that's been around in the neighborhood, been around the local environment. This is something you definitely want to be looking for. You don't want to buy brand new businesses that are two or three years old. Save that for the people who are interested in tech or interested in companies that may have a much higher risk. Your risk goes up if it's a brand new business. Another great sign is if they have weak or no competition whatsoever. Think of the local businesses in your area that really do not have competition. For example, there's a business in my town. What they do is they make manholes. I mean, the manholes that are in the ground is that's what they create. And there's not a lot of people who are going through college thinking, I'm going to start a manhole business. That's what I want to do is start a manhole business so that I can have, you know, the things that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles used to come out of. That's what a manhole is. So this is something where finding little to no competition is absolutely amazing. And then number four is having a simple business model. If the business model is simple, that means you can teach anybody how to do this. You don't want something that's crazy like biotech or something that's way out there that you don't understand. You want to be able to understand your business. Warren Buffett said this best. I never invest in something if I don't understand the business. And so he wants very simple investments that he can buy the business. And think about this for a second. What Warren Buffett did was he bought boring businesses. He bought things like railroads, candy companies, varying boring businesses that people may not be interested in getting into. And so he started a fund and was able to do that. And that's how he built the majority of his wealth was buying boring businesses, finding amazing managers to run those businesses, and then creating wealth over time. Now, how do you finance these businesses? Do you have to pay cash for these businesses? No, you don't have to pay cash for them at all. What you can do is either get seller financing, which is your number one goal, which means you can create a retirement plan for those small business owners. So what this is, is the business owner becomes the bank. So say, for example, it's the $100,000 business. We'll use the same example. So you put $20,000 down to own the business. And then over the next 15 years, you're paying that owner a certain amount every single month. What this does is they get to earn interest on their money, so they make more on the business. And then what you get to do is you get to preserve your capital and pay them back with the business profits. So you're putting down minimal to no money if you really can create a good deal here. 
and the business profits will be paying them back in addition to the interest. So you get write-offs on it, all that other good stuff as well. The second way is you can get an SBA loan, which is a government loan that you can actually get basically on 90% of the business. So a million dollar business, you can buy for $100,000. So SBA loans are absolutely amazing. It's a lot more paperwork out there. And if you're in the UK or Canada, there's also similar programs in your area as well. Just Google government business loans and it'll come up for you as well. But this is the fastest way to get to a million dollars in revenue every single year is utilizing a business and buying some of these boring businesses. Amazing opportunity here. Amazing way that you can get into really making a lot of money pretty quickly. Because if you buy a couple of these in a, over the course of a decade, you could be making well over a million dollars a year just by buying these boring businesses. So absolutely love this option as well. Listen, I hope you guys learned a ton about the Great Wealth Transfer. I hope you guys are excited about this. Not only so that you can just teach other people how to build wealth and make sure you're teaching your friends some of this stuff that you're learning because this is something that's going to be incredibly powerful. We do not want people going broke or bankrupt because they acquired money, didn't know how to handle it, and then the money went away. If you got value out of this episode, make sure you share this with your family and friends as well. This is going to be something where I definitely want people to hear this so they understand what's happening because this is coming in the next 20 years. This transfer will be complete. So this is something you definitely want to help out your friends. You want to help out your family so they understand how this works and how they can do this. In addition, we'll be having episodes coming out teaching you the best way to hand down wealth to your family if you're going to be handing down wealth. Or in addition, protecting your wealth if you're going to be acquiring some of this stuff as well. So excited for you guys to see what the future holds and what you will be doing. I want to see who's taking advantage of some of these opportunities as well so that you can start to build generational wealth for you and your family. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins, a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.